talking about contending for God's kingdom within us in the context of Isaiah 30:20. So you can open up to Isaiah. I'm sorry, it's Isaiah 30:21. So we'll get there. Uh, and you can also kind of put a shoe or a pencil in uh, Luke 24. It's a, a long story we'll enjoy. Um, your homework for later is First Chronicles 22:14 and Jeremiah 6:16. 6, so you can write that all down. Sorry, Jeremiah 6:16 6, and First Chronicles 22:14. That's kind of just, uh, I think it'll feed into it, but I don't really want to waste a lot of time with that. But I'll let you waste time with that. So, um, so knowing the way, Isaiah thirty twenty one, 21, um, to be aware of uh, the forgotten word in our lives or forgetting that can cause a paralysis of movement, um, confusion, stops the movement of God's kingdom through us into the world. Um, that's not good, so I want to talk about that. Uh, so let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for the fire that is in your eyes that burns to see your intentions come to pass. And I just ask God that you would help me to speak eloquently to that, to inspire us to be on fire, to walk, and uh, to be sons and daughters of thunder. <laughs> so uh, we often talk about narrow is the way to the Father. This is true in a way. The story of the, uh, of the eye of the needle, Jesus talks about this. And he says uh, to the rich man, a rich man comes to him and says, I've done all this stuff and you know the story. He says, what, what do I lack? And Jesus says, um, you know, you basically got to give everything up. And then you'll be able to, uh, then you'll obtain what you're seeking. Um, He talks about the eye of the needle. In Damascus, there actually, as I understand it, there actually was a gate called the Needle Gate. Um, And if a camel was to go through this gate loaded up with its possessions, it would have to go through that gate with everything removed. This is more or less impossible to, to just cram it in there. So that's how we kind of have to approach this walk. The camel would have to crawl on the belly to get through. So you come to Jesus, you're, you're giving it all up. And then what happens? You get through the door and, it, and it's, it's Jerusalem. It's the whole city. So there's this idea that narrows the way. It's like finding a spyglass and you look through and you see the entire world of life with Abba Father. Um, and then it just opens up before you. It's like it's actually like entering in through the world through the spyglass, not just staying stagnant looking through, but you're like entering in. And I was, I was uh, thinking about this. And the, in, the, in the book, The Chronicles of Narnia, um, The Last Battle, is kind of an analogy in this, to this. Uh, Lucy says about the last battle, in The Last Battle, uh, yes, said Queen Lucy, in our world too, a stable once had something inside it that was bigger than our whole world. So you find this joy in this discovering that the narrow way actually becomes bigger 
than anything you've ever experienced. Any, anybody gone caving before? Any cavers, spelunkers? Two. Yeah. We, we went caving one time, and uh, there was this cave in Penn State, and they would, ca- they would cut, uh, or there was this entrance. It was a, uh, a tube that someone made, and they kept welding, a, welding a, a, like a barbed wires, not barbed wire, uh, a gate over it, something. Uh, hmm? Rebar. That's, yes. Thanks, John. And kids would keep coming and cutting it off. They'd weld it off. And so in one of these times where they weld it off, we, we went in there and we had a whole, uh, a whole hundred feet of yarn to, like, follow the crumbs back. And that was dumb. And you get to this cave and I remember coming in across this, like, on my belly and around. And I'm, I'm it's my only time. I, I don't want to go caving anymore. It wasn't that great. <laughs> uh, and then this whole thing is, is like the size of this room, literally, opened up. Was, you know, so it's like that. Um, so you, you begin to walk uh, as a member of this world, yet still, or of that world, yet still a member of our present world. And it's this, like, world within a world thing. So it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. So you, you find guilt is traded with shameless love. The bondage is replaced with freedom. And suddenly it's like, ah, Jesus what do you want me to do? And it, you know, and we, and like in the song, I was, I wrote this down. I was just really touched uh, in the song we sang, um, in the chaos and the confusion. And sometimes like there's a weird chaos and confusion that hits us in this freedom. Um, you know, wh- where am I supposed to go, God? What am I supposed to do? Like what, what major do I need to pick? Uh, you know, sort of like, I mean, it, it, I feel like God's kind of like, um, come to God, like, God, do you like uh, sandals or sneakers today? And, you know, do I look good in this dress? Or, not me, but, you know, do I, do I look good in this tux? <laughs> hey, now. And, and God's like, um, it's on you, you know. When Jesus said, I, I was thinking about the first, the first words that Jesus said when he began his ministry was, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is here. And I always read that like, woe to you, like, check yourself before you wreck yourself because the kingdom's here. I'm very white, but it was fun to say it like that. Um, and, uh, but it's almost like, I'm reconsidering this, like Jesus in another way is saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is here. It's almost like he's saying, relax. <laughs> the Father's here. Relax. The kingdom's here. Jesus alone I am alone, the way, the truth, and the life. No man gets to what? The Father. But by me, relax. I am your way to your destination, to the Father. Well, that's pretty awesome. So our destination is knowing Father God more and more and more and more and more and abiding more and more and more and more. And this is the context for our exploration of this city, this, this kingdom that's just exploding in front of us. And the question I have with all that is why? Why do you want to grow in the knowledge of the Bible? It's a pretty silly question on the surface, but it's important because it informs the reason that we would can. That we would uh, contend 
for our faith. So why do you want to grow in the knowledge of God? For you and for what's the last thing God asked us to do when he left? He said, go. Because it fuels the Great Commission to go and tell them about Jesus. Why is that important? Because this is the context for my exploration of the mystery of relationship with God. And when that despair comes on and that box comes in and I say, well, I don't have enough money to do this and I don't have enough resources to do that and I don't think I want to go this deep with you because it's confusing and I don't actually think I, uh, I even know what I believe anymore. We, we've lost the context and for exploring the relationship with God. He didn't rescue me so that I could wallow in a box of despair and confusion, but he gave me a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind to go deeper in the knowledge of him so that I can go deeper and deeper and deeper to spread the word. And he promised never to forsake us. Never will I leave you nor forsake you. But sometimes we forget that. We forget the kingdom we belong to. We forget the word the Lord has given us to direct us. We begin to lose sight of the goal as seen through Jesus. And we put the spyglass down. And it's really confusing. <laughs> To become angry or maybe paralyzed at the end of all that. And that, that right there is, is the enemy's goal. If he had a goal, it would be to tell you, since he can't, can't tell you that you're not redeemed, he could tell you just, yeah, you know, maybe don't need to go. Maybe you could just enjoy the weather. It's a great day. Look. It's like the opposite of the, uh, the storm that Jesus calmed the storm made a great day, so you'd just be numb. But anyway, let's say, resist the enemy and he will flee. Resist the enemy and he will flee. Contend for the word that God's put in you. There's a contending for the heart to swap places with the mind, contending for the authority of the kingdom in our lives, and contending for his wisdom to break the old things and bring the new. And contending is a weird thing. Like, you get all hyped up. Contending is really easy, actually. How do you contend? What's it say in Revelation? Does anybody know how do they overcome him, the enemy? By two things. The blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. And something else? Oh, there's three things? And not loving your own life unto death. Okay, I should read my Bible. <laughs> It's okay. There's unity in the spirit. I didn't, I didn't come up here because I got it all. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. So, um, so in Isaiah thirty twenty one, you can go there, or you can just let me take you there. What? They don't make these. Stands like they used to. So yeah, um, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. That doesn't sound like uh, 
his promise is confusion to me. And it doesn't sound like his heart is that we would be confused. So I was thinking about this uh, as I was reading through Luke 24 on the road to Emmaus. I'm going to spend some time just kind of reading that. It's just a great story, for one. And uh, yeah, but we're going to, um, before the road to Emmaus, we're going to back up. There's two people, two groups I want to identify in this. There's the, the, uh, the men on the road and Mary. So um, in the distress of this moment, you can kind of take yourself there. You remember Jesus, uh, from their vantage point, Jesus died very dead, very not coming back, very hard, very confusing. Um, Mary wants her Lord so much that she goes back to the only place she can think of to find him and encounters... What, something I've never encountered, but she encounters an angel, which is pretty awesome. In Luke 24, 5, it says, In, uh, well, actually, women, sorry. There's a few women here. So, in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, and the men, the angel, angels, said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. Later on, on the road to Emmaus, It was a dark and stormy night. No, sorry, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> now, that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were walking with each other about, uh, or they were, sorry, they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk about? Eh? What's happening? They stood there, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who does not know the things that are happening here? Are you not going to... Really? (laughs) You can just imagine that... What? What things, he asked... About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied, he was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and the rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he would hope that he was going to be the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since these things took place. In addition, some of the women amazed us, and they went to the tomb early this morning and didn't find his body. And they came and told us that they had seen a vision of some angels, and he was alive, and it was just insane. And then some of the other companions went to the tomb, and they said they found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. They did not see. So you can just imagine this. This he's just pouring his heart out to this guy, some stranger. 
He said to them, How foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe, to remember, um, that's my word, to remember that the prophet, what the pro- all the prophets had spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and, and, and then enter into his glory? And then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said. Now, I'm going to give these guys a break. I mean, I, they didn't know what was going on yet. So, it, you know, but um, this idea of, uh, of being scattered of mind, being wandering about, convinced that the situation I'm in is dead or, or that I don't know what's going on. And I'm, I'm like them on the road to a mess. And uh, thinking about how Mary went back to the last place she knew the Lord was and waited. And she, like everyone else, didn't understand what was going on. But she didn't care to figure it out. She just went. She wanted to be with Jesus, even, even the tomb of Jesus. Which made me think that there might be actually a part of a confused faith with Mary that she wanted to desperately be with him so much that she was drawn by her hope to be with him, even just going to the tomb. I don't know. Um, but hoping she would find him. Um, and I, I was thinking about this because the angel is quoted as saying, uh, I think it's in a different gospel, but why do you look for the living among the dead? So Mary's heart was correct. Um, she wanted Jesus, but she wasn't in the right place. She was hoping to find him among the former things, which were now dead. But she was looking. She was looking. I think that we do this in a lot of ways, that we look for the dead among, or the, we look uh, for the new among the dead. Um, the Lord always has a word for us in our wherever we're at, whether it's an old new word or a new word that informs our present situation. Mary, never leave us or forsake us. <clears throat> um, this is, in a way, this is like our bread. And when we get confused, it's important to remember that. That's not our lot. Um, he wants to encourage us. He wants to, like the angel appeared to Mary, to uh, bring revelation back to us, bring us back to square one, bring us back to looking through the spyglass, back to contending for our faith and going. Um, when revelation occurs, sending results. Um, in Mark 9, as a sidebar, when, when revelation occurred, sending resulted. When they saw Jesus lifted up or glorified, sending resulted. Um, on the road, when revelation occurred, sending resulted. Movement happened. Um, when you abide, as Jesus often said, abide in me, abide in me, abide in me. Abiding fuels encounter. Encounter fuels revelation. And revelation fuels go. <laughs> and I'm so convicted by this when, you know, we're not 
exempt from moments of confusion when we lose our sense of the Lord's direction. When this happens, I want to combine the posture of Mary with two things in mind. The possibility of having forgotten a word that still applies. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. I need to be reminded to keep going or possibly not paying attention to the new word. The new old word was what Mary got. Abraham is an example of the new word. When he was about to sacrifice his son, there was a new word. If he hadn't been paying attention, I'm glad he was paying attention, he may have killed his son. Maybe God could have raised him up, but it would have been a problem. But, you know, old word, sacrifice your son. New word, don't do it. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I wasn't kidding. I actually told you the first thing, but now I'm telling you a new thing. The new thing. So we have to be aware of that. God, I imagine, <laughs> gets bored with yesterday. So that's why he makes a new day daily. And Jesus said, my father is always about his work. He's always doing a new thing. He's always doing a new thing. He wants to tell you about it. Even new old words. And he's always faithful to show up where you're at. To bring the revelation of his presence. To remind you of the going. To remind you of the contending. To not be afraid to dive into the mystery of his kingdom. Um, It's so good. I don't want to stop. I don't want to stop going forward in this. So my question for you is, uh, what's your new day <laughs> today? Even if it's a reminder, what's, what's the new word or what's the new old word that's going to shape your going, shape your exploration? Uh, and, and, and that that series of events, abiding, fueling encounter, encounter fueling revelation, and revelation fueling going. It's, it's, it's beautiful because it's not all going and it's not all waiting, but there's a rhythm to the kingdom. And I want to I grow in that rhythm. I want us to grow in that rhythm so that we don't grow weary. So, uh, Derek, do you want to come up and just play? We'll do this real quick. I just want to—I just want to take a moment before before we do um, before we do communion. Uh, I just want to—I just want to speak on this. Uh, pray over us. Just let your heart soak in this, because. Uh, it's good. He's good. He wants to he wants to bring revelation. So daddy, I thank you for today. Uh, <laughs> I thank you for the power of your wave that you're inviting us to ride on. I thank you for new words and new old words, God. God, I repent for when I've wallowed in everything that's kept me back from 
the mist- enjoying you, Lord. And through enjoying you, knowing you more, and through knowing you more, speaking what you speak, and through speaking what you speak, bringing your kingdom. So I ask right now, God, that you would allow us to find you in a fresh way right now. That you would pour out Holy Spirit, bring fresh revelation, bring fresh encounter, God. That you would stir our hearts, God. Remind us, God. Bring us back to that that promises new and fresh every day, God. Holy, holy, holy Lord. Holy, holy Lord. God, I pray that you would put cities on our hearts. Put people on our hearts, God. Put Put the great commission, so to speak, on our hearts. If you want change in your life, sometimes you got to do something radical. Let the Lord speak that to you. If there's something radical He wants you to do, just to, to shake it up. He's got you. You can't mess up in Jesus when He's got you. You're in. You've arrived. <laughs> It's not like questions about what shoes he wants you to wear or what dress he wants you to wear or what shirt he wants you to wear. Thank you, God. I, I had this song running through my head this morning. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Bring me back to remembering what you've done in my life and bring me back to what you want to do in someone else's life and let that inform the contending. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to, I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to let the Lord, uh, do his thing for (laughs) some time here. So, uh, yeah, just engage with him. Just engage with him wherever you're at.